At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. All right, all right, all right. We are live. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Hope you all had a great, relaxing, enjoyable weekend where maybe you got to go outside, you got to turn your brain off, uh, but we're back in the saddle and we got things to discuss. Uh, there was some movement over the weekend as it pertains to the Twitter Elon Musk saga. Things appear to be moving rather quickly right now. We will talk about that. Um, we also want to talk about how just there is almost nowhere to hide right now, right? A lot of stocks, a lot of sectors, most of them, frankly, all of them, uh, weak into the weekend last week everything is pretty much down again today uh so we'll talk about that and that the the lack of safety out there in the market uh we got some earnings to discuss this is this week and next week are the earnings weeks uh this week is the big week in terms of just big names next week there's actually more companies reporting but i think i saw a stat this week it's like 46 percent of the S&P 500 reports earnings this week. So we're going to talk about that. It's a big, big week on the earnings front. We'll hear from Google, Facebook, uh, Apple, Amazon, to name a few. Uh, we have Coke this morning. We, we can talk about that. So uh, that's the show. Tim Quast is back in the saddle for Market Structure Mondays. So do me a solid. Smash that like button. And here we go. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, let's bring on Joel and Dennis. Good morning, fellas. And Joel's charts are here as well. Joel, how are we doing this morning? We're not doing well. We're down uh, 37 handles at 4230. Uh, not much of a chance off that open. And you can see where we're going into dailies. I don't have to point it out to you. Crude in the red by 522 at 9687. Gold losing 25 bucks at 190880. Silver in the red by 62 cents. We lost 24. Now we're trading in the 23 handle, 23.63 and a half. Uh, Bitcoin futures, they're trading in the red too by $610 at 38,845. And we have Ethereum futures. They're trading in the red too by $91 at 28.60, a little bit more. 
on a percentage basis. Dennis, did you get rich on Friday buying options? Because no, what you unfortunately, have, yeah, I didn't. you gotta get rich. Yeah, you gotta buy those options and watch them worthless. You puts, get rich automatically when you if you bought puts. Puts were working. Puts yeah, were working. Puts were working. So but short stocks works better because I don't have to pay in those premiums. So yeah, we're in this market now. We're in like a good sell-off. I mean, we've been just kind of meandering around, not going. There's been rotation. Oh, well, something's going down. Something else is going up. But the last two days is different. The last two days, we are seeing selling across the board. No place to hide. That's what a bear market is all about when you start seeing the leaders start to be sold as well. And the oil stocks are getting hammered here once again. Um, Crude coming down. So demand destruction, we keep saying it on this show. And if you're hiding in commodities... The time to hide was over a few days ago, and now I'd be using rallies to get the hell out. Again, I think we're in this market environment where there is more pain ahead. Now, some stuff is oversold, so there could still be some rotation. And the market, I mean, there's not a lot of times you're going to see the S&P, maybe we should start there, fall 280 handles in three trading sessions with really not much up movement at all. Pretty easy on the short. So, I would think a logical place to bounce if you're getting the S&P is probably at the year low of 410 on SPY. There's also a couple other lows too. So I think you're getting into an area where you could get a, a little bit of a bounce. But I think the bounces are still to be sold. Well, for two things I want to mention. One is, I mean, how about the wailing of stocks and futures like at that four o'clock close? Like 67, what did they actually give you? 67 and a quarter? Are you kidding me? I mean, we were at, I mean, we were at, we were 17 handles lower almost immediately uh, in the after hours. So, Man, oh man! I mean, it was no feeling good, you know, on the close no. over the weekend. I mean, you just felt that pressure. The pop you got, you just you kissed it. Nothing done there if you were trying to sell at sixty-seven and a quarter. Uh, but you know, one chart that we looked at on uh, I'm not sure if we did it here or we did it on a uh, pre-market prep plus. But look at that twenty-five hundred in Google. Look at that. You had you had the low here. You talk about losing the leadership. You had the low here, boom, right? You had the other low here, boom, right? 2,500, boom. You had the low here, boom, 2,500. And what was underneath that? Nothing. Absolutely Error. nothing. Yeah. And then similarly, uh, this broke down a few days ago. It was 3K. It was 3K in Amazon, yeah. right? It was there. Yeah. It was showing you. It was aligned. In the, look at that. All those lows in that area. Uh, now you got Apple on deck. I mean, is there anything Apple can do? I mean, even if it's like a good report, I mean, yeah, you think that's what I'm you just feel like even if they have a great report, it's going to be like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to buy it. But if you want to buy it up to 165, 166, sellers. slam them. Slam we, what's going to happen is even if they say just one bad thing, they say nine good things and one bad thing. All everyone's going to hear is the one bad thing. Yeah. The bears are winning the silver lining war right now for sure. You know, we're looking at silver linings on the bearish scenario instead of the bullish scenario. I mean, we got a long time before Apple earnings on Thursday. There's going to be a lot more volatility ahead of that. We're going to hear from tonight's quiet. 
there's really nothing going on tonight. Yeah. But when you go and you start looking here, and I, oh. I mean by tonight, I mean we've got Whirlpool. We I'll, got, I'll, I'll bring out the calendar. Yeah, there's like nothing big tonight. Whirlpool's yeah. probably the headliner here. It's quiet. But but you just wait till Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. You got, and you can see it there, Alphabet. You got Microsoft. You got Visa, Texas Instruments, General Electric, General Motors. Wednesday, Facebook, PayPal, Pinterest, Ford, Boeing, Qualcomm. Thursday, Apple, Amazon, Intel, Twitter, um, MasterCard, Roku, McDonald's, Caterpillar. Friday, even ExxonMobil, Chevron. So you got a lot in the heart of earnings season, a lot of tech earnings here. Tuesday, most important report is probably Google. Microsoft second, even though Microsoft has, I believe, a bigger market cap. I think they'll be looking at Google more. Uh, but both of those stocks are very important to give you a feel for what are they saying going forward. I think the earnings are going to be okay. It's the guidance that I'm somewhat worried about because I still think you've got some demand destruction happening across industries here right now. Yeah. Now let's speaking of Twitter, maybe we should go there. Yes, we should now because things were moving over the weekend. There was um couple reports i believe the wall street journal had a report uh i think i saw another one as well uh saying that uh elon musk had met with some big uh, twitter investors on friday and was meeting with the board over the weekend um the market and the tea leaves are saying now that twitter and elon musk are close to a deal um that's what the that, that that's what the rumors are swirling this morning um and how we got to this point, um, we we don't we don't really know. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, get some more details on on the conversation from the past couple of days. But uh, the reports are, and the market's reaction would indicate that it does appear that the two sides are close. New York Times says they're in, in high level discussions, or sorry, advanced talks is what they said. Um, so it's only been what. Uh, a week? No, more than a week. When since the offer was made, I don't even actually remember when the offer was made. Uh, uh, a week, week ago, ago. Thursday. Okay, so a little over a week ago. So um, it would appear that that they're they're closer to a deal now. Well, I think the market environment has helped this. I mean, you are starting to see Pinterest get hammered, Facebook making new lows. Um, you just look at the peers and you think, and I've been saying this. When stock was trading 45, 46, I'm like, the upside is your 53 or 54, 20. The downside isn't from where it came at 39 anymore because the stocks have all been hit a lot harder. The downside for Twitter, if the deal falls apart, is now 35 or $33. So I think the board starts looking at the peers. They start looking at the market environment. There's no other button. There's nobody else coming. I mean, this is your out. This is like your chance to like get out at a you know, ridiculously good price. So if I'm the board, I'm saying take the money and run. Because if we don't take the money and run now, we're stuck in this environment here that is not nearly as accommodating the macro environment that is. And we've never been able to figure it out when the times were good. So I think that the rate, they're making the right call if they're leaning towards a deal. I would take the money and run. 54.20 sounds pretty good in this market environment. I, it's not even uh, I I don't I don't know the word you just used, but it's not even that amazing of a price. It's just not a horrifically bad price. I think it's pretty good. There's not a lot of stocks getting back up to you know new, you know highs on the year, which that would put very close to new highs on the year at fifty four twenty. So I think in this environment, 
It's a pretty good price. Yep, and I think after he buys Twitter, I think his next project is going to be rewriting the First Amendment okay. and what what free <laughs> and free speech is, right? I, to include I, clear and present danger. That's what he's going to do. He's going to why not? If you're going to buy Twitter for free speech, why not redo the First Amendment? I I, I will just say this. <laughs> I, I I will just say this because uh, I, I started watching the. SpaceX documentary that's on Netflix over the weekend. Ooh, I want to watch that. I'm like a third of the way through. It's basically a commercial for SpaceX, but um, it did make me like Elon Musk more a little bit more. And I, I, I definitely wouldn't say I like I love Elon. I don't I don't hate him either. I'm somewhere in the middle, but it definitely made me like him more. Just watching how much he cares about about space. Um, so I'm feeling better about him now than I was a few days ago. Um, but I am. I gotta admit, I am a little bit surprised to see this deal sort of. Um, I, I I didn't think it was gonna happen, honestly. And especially because I think Elon tweeted over the weekend, like "time to move on." I, yeah, was, I saw that too. I, yeah. been, and I was like, "What's been, that mean?" That could have been referring to anything. I thought that too. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, I honestly, if, if I was if I was a betting man, I, I would have bet that this deal doesn't happen. I, that appears to have been the wrong bet. Now, but um, he wants it. He wants yeah. it. There's nobody else that wants this. Not at this price. Yeah, thirty dollars, thirty-five dollars. Maybe there's a suitor at fifty-four twenty. There's one suitor. His name's Elon Musk. Take the money and run. Don't play games. We're not in Kansas anymore. We're not in 2020 anymore. There's no better bits coming here. There might have been a few people sniffing around, but they're sniffing around saying, "This is not the market environment." Doesn't even want to. It looks like they don't even want to partner with them, right? No, I wouldn't. I I mean maybe you know on lending some money or something, but you know to be like a shareholder in the here, I don't think so. So he'll get the money. He's rich. He, he can get the money. Um. So let's talk about the questions of this. He has funding security. Yeah. Let, let's assume the deal looks like it's going to go through. I mean everything can change, but first thing you think, okay, DWAC has got to be trading down on this. I just brought up for the first time yeah. today. Yes, indeed, making new lows. Obviously, this is the Trump's free speech platform, but with Musk rah rah free speech it's going to be a competition here and obviously dwac not good news for them the second company is going to be directly impacted by this is tesla dan ives saying because he might sell shares um on cnbc i'm going to say i'm going to take a step further i think they're selling tesla because he might be running himself a little more thin i mean elon musk you know if he's running twitter now and running spacex and running everything else that he runs is he you know essentially going to have some less time for tesla so I think that's where, you know, this is only one human being and he's the most important human being to all of these companies going forward. So if he's busy with Twitter, he's not going to have quite as much time for Tesla. And I think that is why they're selling Tesla down to the tune of three and a half percent. But there's also the risk to Dan I's point that he might sell some of his stock to raise the capital. You got to keep an eye on two, uh, 975. I mean, it sure looked like that was going to be in the rearview mirror after the earnings report, right? That was part of the rally that we had uh, on Wednesday. It looked like you didn't even have to worry about it, right? And now you're trading below it. So for you Tesla bulls, bears, whatever you are out there, keep an eye on 975 because you see these kind of charts where there's like a lot of room on the downside, you're trading down in the pre-market. You'll probably get some wiggles. I mean, they'll try and take it back above there. What was yesterday's low uh, in Twitter? Uh, uh, 994. You might be able to sneak out at 991, 992. You know, nice rally. Uh, but closing below this 975, I mean, 
you guys see what's underneath that. We don't, we have, and, and it looked like it was like, forget about, forget about that level. We're going to 1200 and then the market dynamics. So just, uh, just want to emphasize the importance of holding 975 in Tesla. It's, it's tough. We're in a really tough environment, but Tesla's held up fabulously. I yeah, mean, we're starting to lose some of, you know, Facebook's and the Amazon's and Netflix and Google's and Tesla continues to be resilient obviously reported the awesome earnings report at the exact right time people are still wanting to pay but your line in the sale is absolutely correct joel this needs to hold the 975 area right where it's trading right now and i think it could but if it doesn't there's nothing below that so we know what we've seen here and tesla's its own animal so it may not follow suit but what we've seen happen during you know the course of you know the at least companies reporting lately, is that they rally and then a couple of days later they start forgetting about the good reports and they start selling those companies too. So it's had, you know, companies have had great difficulty holding up and the stocks that are selling off on earnings are not coming back. So again, more indicative of the market environment that we're in, which is a bear market right now. Yeah. It is. I mean, yeah, people it, are saying, well, is this a bear market? The, this the, not. It's a bear the, market. The best performing index. Is the Dow and it's down eight percent. Holding up, and it's down eight percent, and that's your leader, right? So, and in the last two days, very ugly. And again, that goes to the point where they've started now raising cash across the board, selling the leaders, not necessarily selling the leaders to finance the laggards, but just selling the leaders to raise cash. And now, and I was doing the same thing too. I sold some of my new core. We know that on right before the earnings report three days ago. Because I'm like, it's just gone so far. And I mean, I'm really going, you know, the thought process of we might go into a recession. That's not good for steel companies. Recession is not good for steel companies. They should be a direct hit. So here you've got stocks like Cleveland Cliffs, U.S. Steel, trading at 52-week highs a couple days ago, at least near them. Nucor definitely at a 52-week high. I think it's a gift. I think there's so many gifts out here still. So to, to everybody's question that keeps tweeting at me, what are you buying? You're asking the wrong question. Ask me what I'm selling because I'm selling, you know, all these stocks like Procter & Gamble too. That 165, Joel, we talked about this on Friday when the stock was 164. I'm like, you got a line in the sand at 165. Now it sells off two bucks from there. Great earnings report. But again, we're at a point here now where they're taking no prisoners and they're starting to sell some of the companies that have held up very well. Yeah. Um, wait, what else was on my list here? Oh yeah, I I do want to talk about China just for a second because it's not getting better over there. Um, more lockdowns, threats of more lockdowns, especially around Beijing. Now we've we've we we've moved on uh from Shanghai. Now we're talking about Beijing. Uh, China Chinese markets all trading down. Uh, today, uh, their worst days in, in, in weeks for 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 the major indexes, and um, it just the pain continues. So there is just no, there is just no end. There's no end to it. I, I on the China, yeah, and there was though. We had that awesome bounce, and we kept saying it. This is the time. I mean, if you're in Alibaba and you're in JD, we talked about this at a lot during March. I mean, Alibaba gave you such an out. $73 to $120 in seven trading sessions. What do you do when your stock goes up 70% in seven days in this market environment? You sell it. You sell it and you sell it again. And you know what? Baba, JD, Baidu have now leaked back two-thirds of those gains. 
I think they're going back down to the lows to retest it. There's no reason to think, yeah, maybe we come out of lockdown. Oh, that's good news. And we'll get everything going again. But I, we still have a lot of other concerns. I mean, the lockdown in China is the least of this market's concerns here right now, Joel. I mean, oh, what are yeah. your thoughts here? I mean, we've went through you know issues, you know, with higher inflation and interest rates, the Ukraine situation. We, we are you even, worried we about the even... lockdown in China? We haven't we haven't even touched on uh, the Ukraine situation. What's going on there? I mean, that first come up. No, I mean, there's what's there's not much on the macro front here to uh, you know to be positive about. And the uh, you know whatever Putin says, you know we're gonna have ice you know ICBMs that you know can reach the U.S. What That's I mean, a, I mean a lot of a lot of negative things out there. Uh, the the China thing, I mean, it's it's been building and it's been building and it's been building. So um, once again, the market market participants here up to this point, well, it's not here, right? It's in China, right? So it it kind of like the war, like the war is over there. Well, it's not that's, here. That's true, know? Joel. That's a really good point. Uh, but, it, but it, not it, now. I mean, you know, everything comes to roost. I mean, that you know, now it's like, hmm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe this is going to be a little bit of a problem. No, I mean, in the U.S., though, I mean, we are very insulated. I mean, like, even just the cost of goods, right? Like, inflation in the U.S. is nowhere near as bad as inflation in Europe, right? Uh, the, the performance of the stock market is is nowhere near as bad as it is in other parts of the world, right? So it, it may seem like it's bad for us, but the fact is it's worse everywhere else. So... I don't know where where, where else you go. Where, where you cash, know. man. Yeah, maybe. you should have been raising cash months ago, as maybe. we've been talking bearish on this show for months, maybe. months. And you know, we had the little spell of bullishness where I thought, well, maybe I'm wrong here. You know, I scan, I I start to bring myself off the fifty percent cash and go down to forty percent cash. Mistake and and proven mistake. So I want to do a turn around, sell all the stock. I'm wrong. I want to get back to fifty yeah. percent cash. So, I mean, this is a tough market to just be all in on. And yep. people are still like to, to, you know, this market's thought process just doesn't understand that, you know, we are not in 2020 anymore. ARC is still having major inflows coming into That's the true. fund. I mean, this is showing you that the FOMO still exists, that people still believe that they think these stocks are coming back. I mean, that they want to give Kathy Wood all the money to invest because in five years, she's going to go up 50% a year or 40% a year that she's talking about. People are investing along that. You know what? She might be right, but everything else is telling me that she's wrong. So, I mean, but people are still coming. They're still investing. They're still coming to this market. They're still asking me all weekend, every night, what are you buying? What are you buying? What are you buying? Until they start asking, well, what are you selling? It makes me not want to buy. Maybe the reason they're asking you that is because they've already done their selling, Dennis. And now, and, and that's great. Geniuses. If you were selling and you're sitting on 90% cash, give yourself a pat on the back. You did the right thing. You're in a better position than I am, who's been very bearish on this show for a long time. I mean, 90% cash, I would, I'd be very nervous if I was 90% cash. I'd be buying stocks. If I'm 90% cash, I'd be buying some stocks today. Because yeah. we are oversold. There is some cheap stocks out there. But it all depends on your own position. If you're 90% stocks, I'd be using rips to sell. If you're 90% cash, I'd be using dips to buy. You're getting another dip here again. I don't think you should be 90% cash in this environment. Unless you're a trader, you know, and you're a day trader. But if you're a long-term investor and you're sitting 90% cash, that's a lot of cash. Because we've come down quite a bit on a lot of stocks. 
And and so that that sort of leads us into, and I know we we kind of discussed earnings already, but like Randy on our news desk was asking me this morning, like, what do I think Facebook's going to do this weekend or this week? And like, if you had asked me in, in any other prior quarter, I would have said, I don't want to bet against a stock that is already down two thirds. That's kind of the one you want to bet on. The trend's your friend, man. Well, you no, know, but That's maybe why they're buying Kathy's stock, well, the Kathy's well, no. ETF. They're but, all down but, but 70%. I, I'm saying, like, I would have said, how much further can it realistically fall? Well, Netflix just proved it can fall a lot further. So I don't know how you, I don't know how you buy anything. Uh, that's reporting earnings into into their earnings report. into the earnings report. It's scary. You, it's terrifying. Terrifying. You're absolutely correct. Terrifying is the word to be buying. And you know what? You're going to be rewarded in some of these stocks. There's going to be some stocks that come out and they're going to gap up. There's going to be some Teslas in here. There's also going to be some Netflixes that are going to gap down significantly. I mean, Google's not an expensive stock. I own Google and Microsoft. Both these companies reporting Tuesday. I'm not selling them ahead of the reports. I've owned them for a very long time. Um, oh. Google has broken down technically, doesn't look great on the charts, but when you've got, you know, a 20 year time horizon, is Google expensive? No, it's not expensive here. Would I buy some Google, more Google? Probably not because it's already a huge position in my portfolio. But if I didn't have any Google, I wouldn't buy it ahead of the report. But if it got hammered on the report, maybe down to that 2000 area, and that would be a real hammering. I mean, maybe a strike. I mean, a lot of these companies are still very good companies. They're all Buy good companies on the pull Yeah, yeah, a lot of them are great. It's like, and and we're gonna look back in a few years and say, oh gosh, remember AMD below a hundred? But like, but maybe was, I would have put AMD in there. All right, just an example. I would not like, put AMD in there. I hope so. I own AMD. It's, I'm gonna killed on it. I mean, horrible. Yeah, yeah, but like some of them, you are gonna look back and say, gosh, I don't. I remember when, and I remember a few years ago. Remember when Apple, Apple got to like. One, wait. Oh, this is pre-split, right? Because because they, they they did that split, but it was like one fifty or something. It was like six years ago, five years ago, and it was the cheapest it had been in in like a long time. And then it ripped for like three years after that. And I was like, damn! If only I just pulled the trigger on that that Apple pullback. But yeah. uh, of course, you don't know. By the way, um, I don't know if you guys saw this over the weekend, but uh, some some text messages came out. Some old text between Elon Musk and um, the Saudi public investment fund as it pertains to Tesla, because there's this shareholder lawsuit about the funding secured thing. And Elon confirmed just now this morning on Twitter that the reason he said his famous funding secured thing was because on, on a private phone call with the Saudi public investment fund, they, they said they committed unequivocally to take Tesla private with Elon Musk. So that's why he said that. And then they waffled a little bit, and that's why he lost the funding. But there's a timeline where the Saudis own Tesla. We're not in that timeline now. Isn't that crazy? But there is a timeline timeline where the Saudis own Tesla. Yeah, Yeah. that that could have happened. That was close to happening. It could have happened. It almost did. It almost did. So so Saudis, one of the world's biggest producers of oil yep wants to own an even they invest company. in everything joel they've got right. so much bloody money yeah I that's mean, such so much. that's so old i mean is everything. that something still to, is we still talking about this in the media i mean is this is this actionable information 
Not right now, no. But there's, I mean, I, I've, I've wondered. For, I've wondered for years. Well, where did that funding secured thing come from? Now, now we know. Uh, he didn't pull it out of his ass. He, it came from the Saudis. So, um, and I just thought I did, that just happened just now. I saw it on, on Twitter. But uh, very interesting scenario. Uh, I, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm guessing the Twitter Elon Musk thing will resolve itself. It looks like maybe today, maybe tomorrow. I think I said last. Still week. such a premium, though, Dennis. Huh? Look at that. Fifty-four twenty versus you know fifty-one twenty-four. Is this just a three bucks of free free on uh, free money? On I the wouldn't table? buy fifty-one twenty. What if something I, falls apart? You're fifty. You're three bucks up high here right now, and you're twenty bucks downside. So a high, very, very high likelihood. I think this deal is going to go through, and I think the risk garbage are pricing that in. But if it doesn't go through, if Musk just says, "Okay, I'm sick of these people, I'm out," this thing's thirty-five bucks, maybe right. thirty-three. So I'm like, you've got to have some type of discount. It's not going to go to fifty-four twenty. If it goes to fifty-three fifty, I'm going to short it. I mean, there's risk garbs that are, you know, going to be there unless there's new information that comes out that will short the hell out of it up there to risk seventy cents to see the downside. It's all risk reward. Right now, there's three bucks upside, twenty bucks downside, but there's a high, high probability that you're going to get the three bucks. So that's why it's there. But I don't think it's going to 53 today. Yeah. I saw I would be inclined if I was on Twitter right now, I'd probably take the 5120 and run just because there's too much risk that something could go sideways. Yeah, the trade. I mean, and we, we talked about this last week. If you just if you just threw out the information, like, okay, the no deal on the table, you get a stock has a gap up and it holds the bottom of the gap and it kept on doing it. It did it like even uh, as late as Wednesday, it didn't trade down to the 44, it traded down to uh, uh, 4503. But you know, if you're just a technical trader and you're not, you know, you're just putting on the technical goggles, what's it tell you here after the gap up? This is the initial days when it hit, but 4471, 4444, 4552, 72, 36, 45. And then they actually stepped up, got a little bit confident on Friday. Maybe they had a little bit news that we didn't get until today. Uh, but the people that bought it and bought it in size here, well, hey, yeah, maybe it gets taken over to 5450. But if I got 7 zillion shares on it, uh, 45, 46 average, I'll ring the register, right? Because that, that's what I think as far. And that's the same phenomena that we've been seeing in Kohl's, right? Yeah. Isn't this 62, 65, 70, 75? Well, I keep hearing about 65 and found sellers at 64. Kept on hearing about buyers at 70. Well, couldn't get through 62. Actually, looking at this, it's starting to come down a little bit, Dennis. Uh, I sent 52 to 53. I think you strike on Coles because I do think a deal's going to get done here. Just my We're rallying opinion. here. Uh, I don't know why, <laughs> but we are. Just a teensy bit. Just a teensy bit. We rallied. I mean, ten. We rallied. We sell off 280 handles and we rally 10. <laughs> just, a, yeah. just a little. little We're 20 little handles off the low. Here. I'm just giving you the market information. I'm just not telling you. I'm just, the bear market is It's dead. a rally. It's a 20 <laughs> handle rally. What's that? Is week? the bear market oh. officially over? Can we ask Kramer if it's still uh, It's over, over now. Oh, it's, we're rallying. It's over. It's over. So Coca-Cola, the only yeah. earnings report that Holy we have of Mac, note here bro. this morning. Yeah. We did have ATBI, but we know that's Huge. already taken over by Microsoft, so there's not much to talk about there. But Coca-Cola yeah. did report here, Spencer. Was, tell this me. Was, this was a huge one here for Coke. The EPS, 64 cents versus a 58 cent estimate. Sales, 10.5 billion versus a 9.8 billion dollar estimate. Uh, organic sales growth of 18%, which doubled the consensus estimate. 
Um, again, talking about companies that, that can easily just pass along, just ingest price increases and just pass them along to the end consumer is Coca-Cola, no. right? I mean, people are going to pay for their people are going to drink soda regardless. So It's a um, recession-proof stock to a certain extent, and that's why it continues to get bought up to pretty high levels. So, I mean, they, they're, you know, if we're going into a recession, Coke's going to perform better than the other companies. With that being said, they started selling everything on Friday. I'm not buying anything right no now. Way. If I'm buying anything on rallies, it's, you know, I'm looking at while selling stocks, I'll be buying U.S. dollars. Coca-Cola, up a buck and a half here. It could continue. But again, we're in this market environment where money managers who aren't even at their desk yet because this is Monday morning, they're just getting in. I think real money managers are going to come in here and say, I need to raise some cash. I saw some of my Coke. I mean, 67 would be the ultimate juicy level, but, uh, you know, at, that would take it up a buck 90. Uh, what I'm thinking is a bunch of stock probably that's going to go for sale in previous stock in the book will have to get executed at 66.50. So I think they'll, you know, if they try and open it up here. So I would use that. If somehow it got to 66.50, then you know, 67, but keep an eye on that open, see where it opens, see if they can, you know, fulfill all the sell orders. Cause a lot of people were probably out there then got caught on the uh, decline on Friday. So keep an eye on your pre-market high, see where we open and uh, absolute top. Now, not absolute top, but 67 all time high in Coca-Cola. And just let me give you the all time closing high because that's where the big boys have the best mark. And that's 6621. So you get under 6621, maybe you get back into yesterday's range. We should mention the Pepsi reports tomorrow morning. Pepsi is a little bit more of a different Yeah, they're, different. they're, they're yeah. more diversified. They got the Frito Lay thing going on, but like, hey, Pepsi 2 pricing power, right? So uh, Coke, strong quarter. The, the takeaway seems to be Coke is able to absorb inflation. Um, Pepsi they, can too. They, because they're Coke. And Pepsi probably can too, frankly. And so, uh, yep. um, well, yeah, all-time high. And that's good news. But again, there's just a lot of money hiding. And don't rule out the fact that people will just want to raise cash here overall as we get another market sell-off here today. So that's why I don't think the Coke gains hold up. But that's just market opinion. Anything can happen. Obviously, I might be wrong. It's the kind of stock that, you know, if you have in your portfolio, you're definitely safer than a lot of other stocks. But I think they're in the mood to sell stocks. And Coke is still a stock. Uh, yeah, but Coke is also a physical thing. We talked about, like, last week owning owning physical goods versus... That's over. Did you, That's over? Oh, yeah. We've been talking about that being over the last week. That's That was a trade a month ago or two months ago, owning the stuff trade. The stuff trade is starting to get hammered. Which is to my conversation with the used boat prices coming down, used car prices coming down. Yeah. There's this rampant inflation in a lot of different industries. And that stuff trade is starting to come off here now, too. I, I mean, some stuff. Some stuff is. I, mean, I don't know if all stuff is. but I think I think we're going to see a lot of stuff starting to come down. But again, to your point, Coca-Cola prices going down here now. they got pricing power. So yeah. if you don't you know, own any consumer staples. But again, am I buying stocks on rips? No, I'm buying stocks on dips. This is not one I'd be buying today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, all right. Um, it is 835. Uh, we are awaiting Tim Quast to join us. He's back from his trip to the Bermuda Triangle, and he survived, too. So oh, uh, we'll, 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 talk, we'll talk to Tim when he, jo- when he joins us uh, in a moment. Oh, actually, there he is. He just joined. There we go. All right. It's Tim Quast, Market Structure Mondays. Let's do it. Mr. Quast, welcome back, sir. Thank you. It's a we, we missed you. I, I wasn't sure you were going to make it because I, I know you went to the Bermuda Triangle and it could be a little bit iffy. So it's good, it's, it's good to see you made it back. Right. I could have expired or, or just decided to stay there. You know, yeah, but yeah. Either way. That's yeah. true. So wait, where'd you go exactly? <laughs> so we went to St. Martin and St. Bart's. Uh, so St. Martin is a, is a it, you know, it's French on one side and Dutch on the other side. Uh, and and you always want to go where the French are because that's how, if you like the good stuff, follow the French around. So, okay. uh, uh, you know, you have, a, of course, I gained like seven pounds. French uh, fries, hmm. right? To get the French well, fries. That, that would be kind of the bottom rung of the uh, French food French uh, spectrum. But <laughs> that it's, uh, yeah, that's where we went. So, uh, you know, what there are, uh, what, what, what there's a lot of in that part of the uh, Caribbean are, brown boobies uh they're not a lot in 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 saint bart's saint bart's is kind of homogenous so uh uh, there are frigates there and and but but a lot of brown boobies in that part of the caribbean particularly the blue-footed brown booby which is about a seagull size yeah okay you're referring to bird that's what i thought but i i i I want to bring us back Mm -hmm. i do um tim so you are back in the saddle now after being out for a couple days but i i still do want to get your thoughts on on last week uh and just the the broad-based weakness pretty much everywhere right well you know when the when the going gets tough i i'm not sure what the tough do but we go to saint bart's but i was not surprised (laughs) To, uh, to see that we had a difficult time. Remember, we, we talk, the last time we got together, we talked on April 11, uh, last Market Structure Monday. And I said, so typically when, when uh, broad sentiment, so that's a measure of supply and demand. When supply and demand are kind of weak into options expirations and options expired while I was gone, uh, that they will recover afterward. If they don't, then we have bigger trouble. So the cycle finished, and, and I realize everybody wants to say, well, it's interest rates or it's concern about earnings uh, or whatever. Well, those are ancillary to the basic supply-demand components of the market, which are measurable. So Wednesday was the conclusion of April options expirations, VIX volatility expirations. And then what happened Thursday and Friday? I mean, you can just, 
if you're if you have underlying weakness in the supply demand equation that's what happens and you might say well quast that's just weedy market structure can you put it in simple terms yes i can so the the market is comprised heavily of tech it is right? so if money doesn't flow to equities and in particular to the growth component of equities the market is going to struggle and we've talked often about that uh, on this program that uh, if tech does poorly it will be impossible for the market to do well now i've been you know saying you you want to go where from a market structure standpoint there is steady demand and and insufficient supply and i, I mentioned before i left things like amarin uh, Newmont Mining, Dominion Resources, uh, it, it doesn't matter what their fundamentals are. You want to have your money in things that have steady demand and insufficient supply. And that has been heavily concentrated, no surprise, in utilities, energy, materials, building materials look pretty good. Home builders look pretty good. Those are the things that have done well. And I could show you, you know, on April 11th, I mentioned those things. And, <clears throat> and uh, basically what I've just recapped here. That's what's going on. Now, does that trade continue here, though? Because we saw on Friday uh, when you were away that some of that trade started coming off, where they started sure selling everything. It was been a, it's been a, you know, we sell tech, we sell the growthy stuff, but now they're starting to pick on some of those safety names. They were picking on the oil stocks, they were picking on some of the consumer staples, they were starting to pick on some of the utility stocks as well. Starting really Thursday, but continuing into Friday and continuing into this morning as well. Now, talk about you know market structure edge. Are yep. you thinking this is a time to maybe ring the register on some of these names, which have definitely <laughs> outperformed? Or does this trade, is this just another dip to buy those safety names? Well, it's a great, it's a, a the great question. And if you were, a, you know, if you're a, a follower of the principle of secular uh, or cyclical bear markets, where a secular bear market is one that, that is, that is uh, persistent and elongated. A cyclical bear market has little steps to it. And, and I would, uh, I'll give credit to Mike Wilson, the, chief equity strategist at Morgan Stanley, who I think yeah. does a really good job. You know, he, 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 he's done a, a very good job of calling these conditions. And he said earlier today on CNBC that uh, we're, this is what you would expect in a typical secular, sec, sorry, cyclical bear market where the last thing that finally has trouble are the defensive parts of the market. And he noted that we've had almost record outperformance by defensive parts of the market. Now, so from a market structure standpoint, uh, I always come back to the basic principle. You don't even have to think very hard about this, traders. You don't have to, you know, worry about if it's cyclical or secular or, uh, uh, you know, what are the, is it earnings? Is it interest rate policies? Is it global fears of a resurgence of COVID in China? What is it? You don't even have to worry about any of that stuff. All you have to do, and I'll share my screen here, <clears throat> is look at the supply demand equation and and uh, you know math makes this very simple for folks including i'm a simple guy so it, this is how i think about it that you that you want to be where things are big and stable and that's that's going to show up in energy and uh, uh, utilities and then when the equation begins to change the supply demand equation so here's the demand side it's been very steady at at five uh, there's actually, curiously, some some elements of tech in here, that, but they're deal stocks. That's what's doing it. 
there are deal stocks in that mix that will will show you these things. But the principle here is when when the either side of the equation begins to deteriorate, that's when you leave. And it certainly supports it, Dennis. It's so here you have a big, you know, they, this was the the uh, the supply equation the last five days for this whole group. And when it begins to rise and demand does not, that's when things break down and you leave. So, yes, that's a long winded answer to saying uh, that to me, that's a good time to take your money off the table. Hmm. What is there anything that you were anywhere you would be looking right now, Tim? So I, you know, if I were to pick something out of this group, here's here's something that you probably wouldn't think of. Uh, PS Business Parks. It's and I don't even really care about this, but <clears throat> PS Business Parks owns commercial properties. Uh, not a big stock, four point six billion in market cap, trades about eight thousand dollars at a time. That's quite liquid. <clears throat> and I look at this and say. The deterioration on the su- on the su- supply side makes this very attractive. It might be reporting results this week, perhaps today. Uh, so beware of that. But looking at it pre-market, you'd say, well, there's something that's going to outperform the market. And it's because of that supply-demand equation. But I think you have to be that specific during circumstances like this. You have to look at the things that offer the best returns. And math does this. This portfolio that I'm looking at is automated. I don't do any of the thinking. I just open Market Structure Edge and look what's in it every day. And it's and it's on the dashboard for every Edge user. You could do the same thing. You just look at it and go, okay, well, there's the best thing. The supply-demand equation looks pretty good in that. And things that look like that, you can trade in these kind of envir- this kind of environment. All right. Uh, if, if we have any questions for Tim, anything you'd like him to take a look at, drop your ticker form in the chat. We will try to cover one or two uh, in the next couple of minutes here, Tim. Is there any specific uh, catalyst? Aside, I know you're always watching the options expiration, but aside, aside from options uh, expiration, is there any specific catalyst on your mind right now in the next, co- next uh, week or two? Yeah, month-end window dressing. It's part of the, again, the, the mechanics of the marketplace and traders, you have to think about these things that at the end of months, hedge funds, passive asset allocators are going to look at what, what uh, they're doing relative to their risk expectations, their asset allocations, and they're going to make some changes to that. Tends to be in the last roughly three days of a month. Could be a little bit more than that, could be less. It depends on conditions. I think in in challenging conditions like we have right now could take a little longer than that. So you have to be thinking about that. Broad market sentiment is going to tell us to some degree, this is the green line. Notice that here's that, see that little green. I don't know if you can see that folks, but this is options expirations. It was split into two weeks this time around. And, and I said again, before I left that, that, and I'll answer your question, Spencer, I'm getting to it. The, that creates opportunity for arbitrage. I can, I can trade one expiring set of, of uh, options or futures against one that hasn't, but will in three, four, five days. And that finished right here. And then immediately the market fell apart. Yet the, the, uh, the demand side of the market is rising. You would say, well, isn't that, isn't that a sign that we could have recovery? Well, we might for a couple of days, but a week top. See, this is really the trouble. Here's where we peaked back at the end of March, end of the quarter, and it's been really miserable ever since. And the supply side is rising. So as we, as you see that heading into month-end window dressing, 
it it tells us that we yeah. could have more trouble. That's what it's telling us. Hey Tim, before <clears throat> we let you go, uh, yeah, I've come up with a, a new segment. <laughs> yeah, a real quick oh, segment. That it's called. Should I write called, this down? Yes, and it, it's just me. It's called Quasnostics. Quasnostics. Okay. Yes, I like that. You, I like that. Yeah. And what we're going to do know, is we're going to hmm. we're going to take two stocks, okay. And I'm going to I'm okay. going to guess the uh, the the rating, and, okay. and then we're just kind of kind of analyze it, okay? Good. Are you and ready? You know the word and you know the word gnostic is a Greek word that means oh. superior superior knowledge. That's what it means, by the way. Oh, man. Of course, I should just be done for the day right now, man. I'm getting complimented by Tim. Uh, okay. Uh, the first one is American mm-hmm. Airlines. Okay. And I'm going to go AAL. And, man, I'm thinking this is like a seven or an eight. What do, you, what do you got for me? Well, that's very well done. It's, it, it, you can see why it's done well. Uh, it, is, it actually hit, a, hit 10 on Friday. Oh, on, okay. On the broad wow. market. And okay. uh, so you know now. You know, if, 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 unless the supply side uh, uh, stays below trend, I mean, it's starting to turn, but that's why that has done very well. And generally, when it has rising demand and supply that falls, the stock performs very well. Once those begin to deteriorate, see this? If this falls and okay. supply rises, then you're out. That's what you look for. So I'm not shorting it yet. Okay. Uh and then if if uh, if AALs at a at a ten, then um, Johnson and Johnson must be at a ten still too. I don't know. J and J is so often a big five. You know, it's a big and stable stock. It's a core stock. Great thing to hold during uh, rocket. And there you go. <clears throat> so, but look at the supply demand equation again. This is five? why. It's a five, and it spends a lot of time at five because it's not about price. It is about the underlying behaviors that wow. drive price and volume. So the reason that J&J did so well in here is because of the big supply-side deficiency, which you can see. If you look okay. at it and say it's a five and supply falls, that stock has a high probability of rising, particularly into options expirations. It tells you people are using it as a hedge, but it's over Nice. Now. Look at the supply side. So when you have demand steady but supply rising, time to leave J and J. Wow. Okay. Uh, so I guess I'll go zero for two on my first class Gnostics. But, no, but you uh, had no, those, no. those were very good picks. They were excellent picks. You're just talking about when you're talking about entries and exits, and yes, and you've done you. a that. So that's what we're covering. Those are both very good. You actually have one momentum and one uh, low volume trade in those in that mix that you had so that's very good that's exactly the two sides of the coin for every trader in any market one of those two will always work doesn't matter what's happening happening in the economy in interest rate policy covid any other thing one of those is going to work i've got one for you tim here and i know this one's close to your heart as well (laughs) virtue financial v-i-r-t oh my um because this is a stock that actually is supposed to port for a better and a volatile environment, but the stock has been coming down here. What's Marcus I'm guessing a four. My guess, is, my guess is a four. Let's see. Well, you pegged it. It is exact. It's four point two. Nice. Spencer, you oh, nailed man. it. Perfectly. Nailed it. Perfectly. Spencer's got this figured out. <laughs> he's got the thing open on his desk. No, I, I uh, swear. He's got, yeah, I, I swear, Joel. Joel, no, I swear. I know. I know. 
And the time, so traders, if you, you know, you buy rising demand and falling supply, it doesn't matter where the supply line is, that's where you get your gains. The moment one of the two things changes, leave right here. So right there, April 7, that was when, when demand ticked down and supply ticked up, leave. Take your gains and go find something else. Go find American Airlines, go find J&J. And each time you do that, you're, you're, you're taking gains, not chances, my favorite phrase, right? So right now, what would you do? Well, don't buy this. You want these things, you want demand to rise and supply to fall. When that condition exists, then virtue will be a good trade again, no matter how, what their financial results are. They could, that's the problem. There's so often a disconnect between fundamentals of business and what happens to stocks in the stock market because so much of the money isn't focused on fundamentals. And that's why this is so important. All right, Tim Quast, he runs Market Structure Edge. Link to that is on the screen and in the chat and the description, I mean. Uh, Tim, always a pleasure. Uh, great to have you back. We'll talk good, to you again. Good uh, to see you, my friends. All right, have a good thanks. week. See All right, uh, let's do some ticker time. Uh, there is a bunch of tickers in the chat from, from earlier. Let's go to, go to a few of them right now. Um, let's look at, we've already covered a bunch of these though. Um, okay. Let's, let's stick reopening. Let's go to the cruise lines here. Um, what what are your guys' thoughts on like a, a Royal Caribbean right now? I like the reopening aspect of this. Me too. That makes me interested on a pullback because I think there is demand to do stuff like this because we've all been locked up for two years, but we're just in again, the market environment is not allowing. So if we go to turn. If we start to see, you know, like, okay, this is, you know, maybe we're getting a market turn. I think this is a stock that could lead us out. So I actually kind of like it from that perspective. But I'm just not buying anything until I start to see something turn here. Uh, I'll just, you know, there's some stocks that are just a little bit tougher than others. And I think I'll put RCL in that category. I mean, yeah, it had that nice run off the March low, pull back. I mean... What I like to look at when I'm looking at the cruise lines is CCL, a little lower price. Maybe you need to trade a little bit more size. You know, I would like to get closer to 18. That looks like really good support you had in that area. So I'd start perhaps nibbling in there. And then if it got down closer. So as long as it stays above 18, um, I like it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this just like nothing just seems like like the reopening trade that the stocks are acting well. We've seen some good price action. It just seems like, you know, there's other factors like inflation and the, you know, just reasons not to be all, you know, super optimistic on these. And overall, they've been real choppy trades. But uh, I like uh, Carnival Cruise Lines closer or 18. Don't mind it here. RCL, if I had to give a level. I mean, you got your resistance up there. 80, 80 looks like minor support today if you get a chance to buy it there. <laughs> I'm not sure how either of you feel about cruises. Hot Dog Jones says cruises are the golden corral of vacations. Sometimes golden corral hits the spot, though. Not like I like vacation. golden corral. I like cruises. Oh, like I golden. like cruises. I know. I Joel, go cruising. Joel, Joel hates cruises. I know that. But if you like go to on a cruise, you go to Alaska. Okay, that's the that cruise you go on. That's what you have to do before you, you know, put that on the bucket list and just don't go by the mid. They, they have that midnight breakfast thing. Just yeah. don't go near there. You will oh, get stampeded. <laughs> they right. do that midnight 
breakfast. Yeah, the, the, mid, the midnight Ugh. buffet. I haven't been on a cruise yeah. in a while. No, I, no, I'm not going on a cruise. I know, I know you're not. All right, uh, back to the chat here. Let's look at trying to trying to avoid the ones we've talked about like all week last week. Um, okay, let's look at LYV Live Nation. How's that one looking? Reopening stock. Yeah. Um, so you think in this environment, it's starting to look a little bit healthier, but again, it's kind of just gone nowhere. And Ew. again, victim of the overall market here, you know, hundred bucks is great support. We're getting down there. 109. Well, I don't know about this 109 tick in the pre-market. I think that's just a bad tick. I think you're really, unless there was news on it. Uh, but yeah. I see that on FINRA. So I'm looking to, you know, hasn't really traded much this morning, but it's probably trading around 105. hundred bucks is good support. Again, I just don't know. It's been tough buying stocks and support because the support doesn't hold. So I'm just not in the mood for yeah. buying stocks. For you know, I'm hoping I'm going to be in the mood eventually here, but not in the mood yet. But it's a reopening stock. It's the kind of stock I would want to own if I was buying stocks. It's hard for me to, to give you a, a buy level here, but just like 115, 115, 115. I mean, Solid. if you are trading it short term and you get a pop up to that area uh boom holding you know at first i'd sell it if i did have it up there that's a big red bar on friday so that's 115 major resistance and i mean you can lean on yesterday's low you know if you just want to throw a dart but you know after that there's not much down to the low of the move uh how about lulu here this thing had that rip right from 278 to about 400 uh and now we've declined by 60 bucks in the last week um but... i'd be a seller of this on strength because i think it's broken here now it's broken trend um again this is a, a place where darling where they've been hiding was not hit with the growthy names probably because this company is just best of breed it's been best of breed for a long time um but i think we broke it the last couple of days so if you get a rally up to 370 380 i think you're using that strength to sell Oh boy, I just don't like Danger Real Robinson here. No. Three fifty-eight fifty-seven. Uh, that is the low on March thirtieth. You traded down in the pre-market, and the rally that you guys poo-pooed me about—the rally that I talked about fifteen twenty minutes ago—is now continued. Uh, we are now. It's funny how the last after hours print, Triple D, I know, well, you trade till late, but the last after hours print in the spoos was 51.75 after that ridiculous 67.50 close. There we are. We're right back there. You got some buy balances, Triple D, or do you just have like a book or something on your buy button? No, we're just, we're there? coming up here. We're just slowly coming up. The balances are very small. The institutions, like okay. I said, a lot of them aren't even at their desk yet. I see a few for it's for 343,000 to sell. It's somewhat notable, but it's, it's quite an imbalance land. This is just a bounce. It's another bounce. Another and we bounce. get these bounces, these 20 point bounces happen over the course of the last couple of days. You know, maybe we go green, maybe we sucker in. We never make it that easy on the shorts and we are oversold. So we bounce a little bit here. I mean, what was the low overnight? Uh, low overnight was 42, 1850. So we're now 30 handles off the lows. Yep. So it's been a nice bounce. Again, you're coming in this morning. You're like, what an ugly morning for the market. But we've bounced significantly here. So I'm using strength to lighten up. Gosh, every stock I pull up from the chat is just down, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50% from its high. Uh, and, and there's obviously stocks that are not because we're only down, you know, 12% on the S&P here. So there's a lot of stocks not, that are Not the ones that I'm looking better. at. <laughs> like, let's look at Comcast here, which is it's down only 
26% from a completely its hiding place where people have been hiding and saying, oh, I'm going to hide for the dividend. But again, we're in a rising in interest rate environment. The yeah. dividend's not even that great on this one. Uh, Broke down on Friday. That's an awful looking chart. So now you're like, you had this major resistance point with Joel's drawn a perfect line for you up at 48 and a quarter. We couldn't get through there. Now we're resolving to the downside. I think you're selling rallies because I think the stock is eventually making new lows. And, uh, well, you had uh, a little bit of a catalyst there, right? On, uh, on Friday, your Verizon got Verizon. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's true. Now that's trading uh, down another 80, whew, 88 cents. But we know what's limited 51. I don't know. Oh, if that yeah. That's can... that buyer. They were right there. So, yeah. I mean, okay, if you want to buy the dip in Verizon, <laughs> this level is of all levels. We're yeah, here there right you now. Go. There you go. We found something that maybe should, it should bounce. I would think, not, not, should, nothing is certain, but I would think this is a logical place for the stock to have a little bounce off this 51. Yeah, who knows how far I will go. No but hey, uh, before I go, I just yeah. uh, uh, I've been working with Rob over at Stock Odds a lot, and um, he, you know, he's come up with something, uh, a new product. It's the top ten odds for the day, and I know Stock Odds can be kind of complicated and working the whole thing. But what he started out is it's just ten stocks, and he gives the stocks the probability of them moving higher or lower, and he also gives you some hedges. So. I want everyone to check that out. I just put a trial in there. Uh, go there. You saw the code PMP uh, to get a little bit of a discount. Where'd you and put then it? On, uh, wait, wait, wait. Where'd you put it? I just uh, didn't. I just put it in the YouTube. Uh, no, I don't see no, it. I don't see it. Really? Yeah. No, we're not making it up. Yeah, that's not. Um, yeah, I don't see any what did I do? I any messages. Unless you put it a long time ago and it's just scrolled it, up. Uh, well, the th it's a it's a delay on the YouTube, isn't it? No, the, the chat's pretty instantaneous. No, it's so, not. Yeah. It's it didn't go through. Hmm, I wonder if it got blocked. Okay, well, I'll tweet it out. Anyways, you could go uh, to stockodds.com anyways and use uh, the code PMP and then stockodds.com or stockodds.net. Uh, stockodds dot on here it says stock up mystockodds.com. Is what oh, it's my stock out. So we got to give these URLs right when we're when you want to bring. I put it in. The, I it's put important it in the to chat. get these URLs correct. <laughs> I put it in the chat, so maybe it got blocked here. So for some mm. reason, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll drop it. You said it's my stock odds. Here, I'll drop it to you, Spencer. It's black, it. and then you can it put there. it in there. I got it in there. There it is. Well, uh, here, here's the one I want to use. Did you get that in Slack? Oh, oh that, that, that's the specific. All right, this is going on too long. So we're going to get going on too long. No, it's not. For you. We'll okay. That, that, right. That'll be a wrap for our show. Uh, uh, hey, guys, I am subbing in for Money Mitch today over on Live Trading. So I'll catch you guys over there coming up right now. Myself, Ryan, and Zunaid. Hey, something else I wanted to plug. Totally, totally free thing here. But um, if, you have, if you haven't gotten a chance, we've been – gradually revamping the Benzinga.com experience. And if you haven't checked out the new pre-market page where you can watch this show on the page, it is slowly but surely becoming one of my go-to resources in the morning. It's literally just Benzinga.com slash pre-market. Our show streams there. Uh, they've got movers. They've got earnings. They've got ratings. They've got news 
all the relevant stuff you need from the, for that morning specifically for the pre-market session is on that page. Uh, it, they've made it a lot better in the last couple of months. So if you haven't been on that page for, for a while, check it out, benzinga.com slash pre-market. It is slowly but surely becoming one of my go-to pages that I look at in the morning when I get to my desk. So um, thanks to Tim Quast. Thanks to uh, all of you in the chat. Smash that like button for me, please. Craig says we need to update our pictures. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Um, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Good luck at the Open. I'll catch you guys over on live training with Benzinga coming up live in like two minutes. Should be fun. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.